Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. chapter on the book thing I, we, we do have books and newer books but the doctrine does matter is the book that's still going and this week I've got word of people receiving the Holy Ghost because of it last week I did the week before and the week before and now uh, it's just uh I'm amazed at what God's doing with the book. People are reading in it and come to their pastors to be baptized and get the Holy Ghost. Genesis 9 and 11. Now, you may recognize this message this morning, but the pastor has uh, asked me to speak on this subject again this morning and uh, he did that a few days ago and I've been talking to the Lord about it and the uh, fact is I I was asked yesterday when I uh, when I go to preach this conference in, out in California they, uh, they've already kind of outlined what I should preach so Maybe so. But uh, the ninth chapter and eleventh verse. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which, I'm, <clears throat> which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth, then the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud. And I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh upon the earth. All right, if you'll turn, please, over to the book of Revelations. 
fourth chapter of Revelations. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was it were as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat upon the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper, and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow around about the th throne in sight like unto an emerald. God bless you. You may be seated. And I'd like to speak to you this morning from the subject Walking the rainbow to the throne. Walking the rainbow to the throne. You see, a lot of times after a person's been in a car wreck and it's a bad accident, just so many times the person doesn't want to get back under the wheel and think that they just possibly can never get back under the wheel because of, uh, well, the fact is they, they just knew that, that they knew they may not know when it was going to happen again. If they had any idea that this was going to happen and they also know that it might not it might not be their fault. And so kind of out of nowhere it comes and people are just a little bit sometimes uh, fearful of getting back under the wheel. Sometimes in a tornado, uh, um, terrible winds, people, a hurricane, they, they just... Just, just have a, a fear of uh, any anything like that ever happening. I have been with people where just a little bit of a uh, a wind start blowing and a, maybe a, a cloud blowing a little bit uh, uh, coming over, and, and and people would just start wanting to go to a storm shelter. Of course, I had personally rather have my chances uh, with the <clears throat> tornado than I had some of those storm shelters. Eh? <laughs> Spiders and snakes and everything else and no air. But you see, Noah, <clears throat> Noah lived through many storms, no doubt. That that flood that came, there's there's no way for us to describe that flood. There, I don't think the the mind can imagine that flood. 
because it covered the, the Bible says, no matter what anybody else wants to say, the Bible says it covered the whole earth. And, and there's signs of it, and there, there's yet signs of it. They, they brought a doll, a, a stone doll up uh, from 100 feet down in the, and the, the, when there was drilling, they dr brought it up. And uh, this world, there was an upheaval. And, and to just all of a sudden, there, there be no, no land, not even an island, not even a, not a tree. Everything was out. If you sent birds out, they, you didn't have to worry about losing them because they had to come back. There was nowhere, nowhere else for them to go. And uh, so, but Noah lived through a lot of storms, no doubt, and a lot of rains, terrific rains after that. But he never had to worry because he had the promise of God that it would never happen again. Praise God. Praise God. You know, Noah had that promise. Noah's promise is also our promise in, in, a, in some sense of other things. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And we, the, the world is in chaos right now. It's in, it's, in, it's in confusion. And the whole world is there. Not just the, the states, but the whole world is there. And, and people are talking about it. And they're talking about it on the streets. And it, it's in every home. Everybody, it's on the thoughts of everybody. But I'm going to tell you, we as we as people who have looked into the Word of God and let God come into our hearts, amen, we have a promise. We, we have a great promise from the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm so glad that our happiness does not depend on what they do in Washington. I'm glad that my future is not based on what the Senate does. Amen. Praise God. Because I have a promise. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Amen. You see, the... From Noah, from Noah, all the way over to Revelation, we have this big arch, this rainbow that goes all the way to the promises of Genesis, all the way over. To the book of Revelation. Amen. And somewhere, somewhere I'm on that rainbow. Hey, God of promises. 
Amen. I may be farther over than you. You may be climbing up, and some of you may be at the top, and some of us are almost to the to the end of it all. <laughs> but somewhere in that rainbow of promises, there we are. And everywhere we put our foot, there's a place for it to be. Everywhere there's a promise, there's a handhold of promise. Everywhere we look and everywhere, every time we need a place to catch on, there it is. And every time we need somewhere to put our foot, there it is. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 There's a rainbow of promise. You know, there was an old guy that that was down on his luck and needed to make a little money, and he went out into Arizona and one of those big canyons out there where tourists come and so forth. He just simply took and and stretched across the canyon cable and. Uh, he got out there, and uh, there was a, some tourists around, and he got up to the cable, and he said, do, do, you, do you think I can do it? And they all clapped and said, yeah, yeah, you can do it. And he, he had his little bucket there, and he threw a little change in the bucket, and yeah, you can do it. And he walked across, and when he got over there, he looked back, and they clapped for him. So he had a wheelbarrow over there, and he took that wheelbarrow and got it back up to the cable and looked at him. Can I do it? Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. They threw money in the pot, and he took the wheelbarrow, and he came on across, and he got it. And when he got over, they all applauded him. So he put some rocks in the wheelbarrow. And he got to the cable, can I do it? Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, and they started throwing money in. You, you can do it. So he took the rocks out of the wheelbarrow and said, okay, if you believe I can, you get in. <laughs> no, no. You, you go, you get in. Let, let me tell you, you can get in this morning. Amen. For he can, God can take you over. You go ahead and get in. He'll take you over. Praise God. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I had a student preacher that uh, when he finished college, he got his license and went out to preach. And he got a chance to go overseas and one of these uh, crusades to where people walked for 25 or 30 miles to get there and had no place to sleep, had to sleep on the ground. It was that kind of a thing. And they brought, when he got to preaching, they brought a young man in with his leg was wrapped in gauze. And uh, he had gangrene in his leg. And they set him on the edge and they put a chair or something out for him to put his leg on. And uh, 
So this young preacher got up and started preaching, and, and all of a sudden, while he was while he was preaching, he noticed it, and and people noticed that that gauze was hanging down, and uh, some of them went over there to him and took the gauze off, and that leg was just as well as the other leg, amen, where it had been swollen several inches. Praise God. Praise God. Well, well, this young man said to the, the person standing there, said, would you hand me that sack? And they handed him the sack, and he reached in there and took his shoe out, his other shoe, and put it on. And they said, well, how did you... How did you happen to have your other shoe? He said, well, he said, they told me that if I could just get here, that there's going to be somebody preaching about a man that could heal me. Amen. And I, I knew if I was going to get my healing, I, I needed to have my other shoe. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, you know, I know this morning, I know that you know that Jesus is a healer. I know you know what it took. You know the stripes were placed upon his back. You know incidents where he did heal in the Bible and he has healed in the church. I know you know that and believe that. But let me ask you this morning, did you bring your other shoe? Did you bring your other shoe? <laughs> Praise God. Do you believe he'll do it right now? He'll do it now. Hallelujah. If he ever did it, he can do it now. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Get in. Get in. Praise God. Get in and let him take you over. Praise God. Oh, I feel like getting in this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 God has a rainbow of promise that will take us over. The Bible said, and I read it to you, it said when you see the bow, I, will remember my covenant. When you see the bow, now here is the way it is. I may forget. I may forget, but God does not forget. Praise God. And so when I see the bow, the Lord says, I'll do the remembering. Praise God about my covenant. You know, I'm a, I, I remember one time you told me, I, I can forget. I can forget so easy. I went to a shopping center and uh, and uh, I, I come out a little different door. And I couldn't find my car. 
And so I, several people was up and down the aisle there, 15 to 20 people. I said, hey, don't nobody leave. I've lost my car. And you're all suspect. Somebody said, well, what kind of car do you have? I said, a green Cadillac. So everybody started looking. And I went around and finally I looked at them and I said, here it is. They said, that's not a green Cadillac. That's a white car. I said, yeah, I forgot. I came in my wife's car. I may forget, I, I may forget, but God does not forget. God does not forget. Praise God. Hey, God, he said, when you see the bow, I will remember my covenant, my covenant. And then he says, between me and you. That's so personal. That's so personal. The Lord said between me and you. We would say you and I, you know, but the Lord says it's between me and you. Me and you. Me and you, we got our own thing going. <laughs> Praise God. Me and you, we got it all worked out. Amen. We got this covenant. We got this covenant. Praise God that's between us. When you are when you repent of your sins, when you're baptized in Jesus' name, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive a covenant, Amen. That's between you and God, and and, and no matter what happens to you, the rest of your days, as long as you live for Him, you don't have to worry about anything. You can lose your mind. You can go into dementia, whatever you, whatever happened to it don't matter because God is going to remember. He's going to do the remembering. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Between me and you. Between me and you. God just got that rainbow. And we're on it. And we're going. You know, boy back there in the Depression, back in Depression times. Well, let me, let me start a little earlier. Of course, it's not early now, but it's a little early. My wife and I, we felt like we were supposed to go to Dallas, Texas and build a church. And Brother Calhoun can tell you that still it's the best church there, biggest church there, good church. And uh, we, we, we went to Dallas. We had $380. I'd sold a coin collection. And that's all in the world we have. And we got to Dallas. We, we drove fast to get to Dallas. And when we got there, it was late in the afternoon. And Jones said, why did you drive so fast? We don't know a soul. <laughs> we don't know anybody here. 
I said, well, there's Uncle Fred. I didn't know Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred's barbecue. I said, I didn't know I had an uncle here. And we went in and ate a sandwich at Uncle Fred's. Come back out and said, now what are we going to do? I said, you know that number, that phone number that Uncle gave me? The man said to call him when I got here. I said, I'm fixing to call him. So I called him, and his name was Arthur Lewis. I called him. Oh, yes, he said. Oh, yeah, I want you to come down here. He said, come on, he said. Just go up Oates Drive and go to Ferguson Road, turn left, go to all the way down to Samuels Boulevard and turn right, and right up on the hill there's the Eastern Hills Motel. I, he said, I own that. And he said, I, I want you to come see me. Well, when I got there, he was out in the back, and they sent me on out to the back, and here was this man coming out of an old air-conditioned ductwork, had soot all over him, and he, he walks up to me, and uh, he said, so, he said, you're Grace and Marler's son. I said, yes, sir. He turned his back to me. And what seemed like an eternity, he turned back and tears were furring down the sut. He said, you'll have to forgive me. He said, whenever I was 17 years old, I was evangelist. And I didn't have any place to preach. And it was depression. And people were working for a quarter a day. And he said, your dad walked seven miles and acquired me a place to preach. Walked back and put the last 50 cents he had in the world in my hand. And he said, and by that time, he was weeping. He said, Brother Marley, he said, I stood there. There was no traffic in those days. And he said, I'm waiting for the mail carrier to come by. I was going to ride with him. And he said, it was hot that day. And I held that money up. And I said, God, one day, I'm going to pay Grayson Marler back. He said, Brother Marler, he said, I've got a house that nobody lives in. And you're welcome to it as long as you stay here. And anything that you ever need while you're here, you let me know. And I couldn't help but think. Cast your bread up on the waters. And after many days, it shall return. Praise God. Walk in the rainbow to the throne. Praise God. Oh, oh, glory.
you know, started preaching. I had one suit, one suit, and it was a hand-me-down. I had one white shirt, and my wife will wash the white shirt every day and ironed it, starched it and ironed it. She took care of it every day. We had no air conditioning, and it was hot and all that. And so I had, my wife told me one more, one day she said, honey, could I speak with you? She still had her little old Yankee voice. She hadn't had enough butter beans and greens yet. <laughs> and I said, well, sure, you're my, you're my wife. What do you want? She said, well, when you're kneeling at the altar, would you kind of turn towards the, away from the people a little I had holes in my shoes. And I guess the newspaper was slipping a little bit. And, man, I've preached around those little country churches out there in Louisiana. I guess they're trying to get me good enough to get me out. And and so I got a call from DeRitter, Louisiana. The Ritter. Listen, y'all don't know what that meant. That's uptown. They, it was a church that had a lot going for them. Everybody had nice cars. Most everybody was school teachers or had big jobs at plant, paper mill. Man, and only the big, well-known evangelists, they, they's the only ones that came to DeRitter. When I got the call, I was nervous as a termite in a yo-yo. I, <laughs> I, I had one, one old suit, one old suit and one shirt and these shoes. And, and, and I was going to get in the same pulpit George Glass. So when I was going down there, Mr. Bell had a shoe store, shoe uh, shoe repair right on the side of the street in Colfax, Louisiana. I stopped in Colfax, and Mr. Bell was a backslider. I said, Mr. Bell, I need this shoe fixed. He told me how much it would be, about $3.00. So I said, we'll fix it. And I fixed it. We sat in the car and waited while he fixed my shoe. Well, I got my shoe on, and I kind of walking like this. He said, look like to me, that other needs to be fixed. I said, yes, sir, but I don't have the money. I, I said, I, I'm, I'm going to preach a revival in the river. I'll come back by and get the other one fixed. If, if, if he'd had any milk of human compassion, he'd have said, I'll fix it on credit. But he wouldn't do it. <laughs> so I went down to DeRitter and addressed those school teachers and Mercedes-Benz people. And you know what? The first night the Lord blessed, the Holy Ghost fell. 
we have people coming in the altar. Wife fixed my shirt, pressed my suit again. Next night, went out. God did it again. And whenever I got through preaching that night, I was feeling better about everything. And, and a man walked up to me and said, Brother Marla, could I see you in the office? Could I see you in the parsonage? I said, yes, sir. I didn't know. I, I, I knew I'd done something. I didn't know what it was. I was afraid I'd said I ain't. And all those school teachers. I walked in there. And he had a, one of those suit bags. I'd never seen one of them in my life. It had a round hole plastic where you could see the color of the suit. I'd been willing to wore the bag. <laughs> and he took that suit out of there and said, I want you to try this on. I tried it on. It was just, it was just a fit. And he looked at me and said, what size shoes do you wear? I said, 11D. He stepped out of his shoes. He said, Try these on. And I tried them on, and he said, That's 11D. And he said, I just bought them today. He said, uh, I want you to have them. And one of the richest men in that town went out the side door of the church and walked down the street barefoot to give me his Walking a rainbow to the throne. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, oh glory. You know the Holy Ghost is here this morning. You can feel it. Oh, he's... We was in Dallas, and we got the church. We got to, finally got a church built, and we got a little piano, pretty reasonable. But Kenneth Phillips and Wanda was coming. They was going to have a revival with us, and and uh, we needed an organ because she was such an organist. And uh, so, I went to the largest music store in Dallas, Arlen Morgan. And I said, I walked in. They said, can I help you? I said, yes, sir. I hope so. I said, I, I need to rent an organ for a revival. They said, uh, sir, we don't have any used equipment at all. Let us sell you a new one. I said, no, sir, I'm sorry. I can't, can't afford it. And just as I started to walk away, a well-dressed man walked from the back. And he said, what do you need? I said, well, I needed, uh, I, I wanted to rent an organ, a used organ. He said, what would you say if we just gave you a new one? So uh, that night, that afternoon, they they delivered it and written across a donation. 
well, several years later, two or three years later, Brother R.E. Johnson was pastor over, came to pastor over Richardson, close by Dallas, and he needed the instrument, and he's going to cash in on my deal. <laughs> so he walks in, and he he said, Do you, you folks remember selling or giving Brother Marler an organ? And it was that well-dressed man again. And he said, Reverend, would you mind coming back to my office? He went back to his office, and the man put his head down and, and wept. Then he raised it up and apologized. And he said, uh, you'll have to excuse me. He said, uh, I'm not a, I, I was not a religious man. He said, but look out the window. Look out that window. Brother Johnson looked out. He said, you see that space, parking space? He said, said, that's where Brother Marla parked. And I was looking out the window. And as he was walking up that walkway right there, he said, God spoke to me. I couldn't believe what was happening to me. And God said, whatever that man wants, you give it to him. And you know what? That's why I could walk so high. That's why, because I knew that God knew who I was. He knew my name. Hey, God, he, he knew he knows where I walk. He knows where I put my feet. He knows where I sleep. He knows God knows. Hallelujah. Oh, somewhere upon that rainbow. Praise God. God. I don't even have to remember it. God remembers it. Praise God. Remember, God knows who you are. He knows who you are. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. God knows he's keeping a record of you and what you are and who you are and what you do. Amen. There was a man that was up on a hundred, hundred yard feet up on a tight rope and Everybody was watching him walk, and he had a stick, some kind of a stick in his hand, and he was walking across the rope. And, and when he came, finally came down, a little boy asked him, said, do you take that stick in your hand for balance? He said, no, son, it's not for balance. He said, when you're up that high, you just want something to hold on to. Praise God. Amen. We've got something to hold on to. We've got something to hold on to. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. When the cloud is over us, when the cloud is over us, remember there is a rainbow in it. <laughs> Praise God. No matter how dark your world, no matter how turbulent your world is, God is walking the rainbow, guiding 
God. Praise God. Artists have realized, I was reading about it, artists have realized that they cannot paint a rainbow. And I, the, the article that I read said, if a, if, a, if a person thinks they've painted a rainbow, that means they do not understand colors and art like they ought to. Because every artist realized they have never captured. And I got to thinking as I was reading that article, how could you paint a promise? Because that's what that is, a promise. Don't ever tell your children ever again that there's not gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> it's all right to tell them that the rainbow don't stop at the end of the field or at the end of the walkway. But don't ever tell them that there's not gold at the end of the rainbow. Because there is. There is. I read it to you this morning. You know, we don't know a lot about heaven. We talk a lot about heaven. We think a lot about heaven. But we really don't know a whole lot about heaven. But John saw. He said there was a little door. Just a little door. Not a big door. Just a little door. Was open. In heaven, and around about the throne, you see that you can you, you you look through that little hole, and you can see one with hair like wool and eyes of a flame of fire. You can see our God sitting there. Let me tell you, and it says, the door was open, and a rainbow, the end of the rainbow was around the throne. The rainbow stops in heaven at Jesus' head. Red has melted into orange, orange into yellow, yellow into green, green into blue, and blue into indigo, and light, light. He's the light of the world. The city set on a hill. And light. I don't know. I can't describe heaven, but I, I was in a room one time that they had made as white as white you can make it. And they had fixed it to where this, everything that you said reverberated. And it was, it was so loud. You could just whisper. And the lights were so brilliant. And everything was so white. 
And when we get to heaven, everything is going to be light for Jesus is the light. The Lamb is the light. And you you see, what's going to happen is we have a governor on our eyes now. But when we get to heaven and all that light, and we're going to be able to see through eternity. God's going to take the governor off of our minds. And all these questions we say we're going to ask Jesus, we won't need to ask him because when he takes the governor off of our minds, we're going to know everything. And you think you love now. You think you love your grandchildren. You think you love your wife or husband. Let me tell you something. You wait till he takes the governor off of your heart. And you love, you go, you see, I'm already out of words. You can't describe. Walk that rainbow to the throne. Would you stand with me right now? Let's lift our hands to the Lord.